my van just is constantly filling up with these snack wrappers and like various <laughs> snack detritus and i get so mad and i'll just start screaming about people and their snacks and i'll throw all this and i'll like sometimes i'll like just go through and just throw everybody's snacks away and then they'll be so mad at me like you threw all our snacks up I can't be around all these rappers and the crinkly rapper snack noise. Welcome to the Snack Show with Jamie Fallon. We're just a couple gals snacking our way through life and talking about it. This is your first time in a podcast studio? I just laid the snack down is what I'm saying. Jamie, why in the H-E double pretzel sticks did we start a podcast? That's a great question that I don't remember the answer to. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hey ladies and gentlemen welcome to the snack show <laughs> wow fallon came with strong game show energy today really did. on the podcast it's Friday, and we're ready to party. We are ready. I'm just so excited about our guests. We don't get guests too often. I mean, we've had guests recently, but I'm very excited for today's guest because we have a texting relationship, but I've never really actually met him, and I'm so excited to finally have a full-on conversation with our friend, Tyson Motzenbacher. Yes. Tyson <laughs> is a singer, songwriter, storyteller, author, author. surfer. <laughs> And tiki drink connoisseur. Tiki bar aficionado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So today on the I mean, podcast, I just made that up just now. Oh, we loved it. It sounded so official. So today on the podcast, we are talking tiki, tiki drink drinks. snacks. You just did that on purpose. You did that on purpose. So we will say caveat to the parents listening, maybe not a kid-friendly episode. There are some um, family-friendly tiki spots I know where you can get a mocktail. Oh, that that's a, a, true. So we're just, just we're just getting the adults prepped yes. for summer here at the snack yes. show. This is just adult focus, but if you're okay with your kids listening in, your kids your choice. Um, okay, Tyson, first question for you: Why mm. are you a tiki drink connoisseur? Tell us the history of how you got in to such a field. I like tiki drinks a lot, but I'm I'm way more excited about like tiki as a cultural phenomenon and as a thing. Oh, that's a great so, place to start. Will you educate us? Hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, so the the gist of it, probably people would know tiki from like you know you got your little tiki guys, your little tiki gods that are carved out of wood, and you've got your mai tais, and like you know if you've been to Disneyland, they have like the tiki room there, like Polynesian um, culture kind of thing. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it is, it's, it's definitely rooted in that, but it's, um, I mean, how, how do you guys want to go deep right away into what, what yes. I like about this? Yeah, so yeah tell us everything. Okay. Take us right in. Well, first, the first thing I should say is that we should mention that it can be really dangerous for your ankles. <laughs> for those that don't know, I tell used to, <laughs> I used to manage Tyson. And I went out as a tour manager on a few dates um, that he was playing, like a run of shows. And the first night we were in Chicago and we were like, let's go to a tiki bar after he played. 
And so we did. And just walking on the sidewalk, I'd had a drink. I was very well with my faculties. But just because I'm me, I was walking and on a curb, my ankle went out and I busted my right ankle and my left knee. And so for the rest of the run, I would hobble along and help him do whatever needed to be done. And then while he played his set, I would go lay in the van with my legs elevated because they hurt so bad. Oh, my word. And to be honest, my knee is still not 100%, and that was five years ago. So <laughs> tiki drinks have really are a long-lasting relationship for the rest of my life. I will always think of tiki drinks. Mm-hmm. So it's I feel so bad about that. And I remember it so vividly. <laughs> And I remember, I remember you being like, maybe like you sort of like, you sort of just like fell like yeah, on the sidewalk. I did. And I was like, I was like, oh wow, Jamie <laughs> fell on the sidewalk. And then, <laughs> but I didn't think it was like a serious thing. Like I was like, oh, she's fine. And then, but because I popped back up and was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. And then as we got out to, we had to drive like another hour and a half to where we were gonna stay, and. We get to, I was like, I have to go into a Walmart because I need like ice. I need some things. And I had to ride the scooter around Walmart because I couldn't drive. Sure. There's sure. also more to this story, which is that like I had worked out for this tour. I think I don't remember. Originally, you weren't going to come. No, out, I, think, I wasn't. And, and some we had an friend, opening and you popped in. Yeah. Some friend couldn't go out with you last minute. And so I just like jumped, decided 48 hours before this to go be the person mm-hmm. to be out on this. So. Yeah, and the the plan that I had for this tour was it was like a support tour, and so there wasn't a lot of money coming in. So I was like, I'm just gonna. I used to have bunk beds in my tour van, so I was like, we're just, I'm just gonna sleep in my tour van. And so Jamie had first of all was a giant champ that she agreed to sleep in the bunk beds in the tour van, and then also so we're like sleeping in like Walmart parking lots, and uh, yeah, yeah, in and bunk Jamie beds has in a in a 15 passenger van. And Jamie's knee is all jacked up. She's like trying to crawl in and out of this. I would Walmart have to pl- I plank and rolled in and out of the bunk. It I'd have really to plank and rolling because I couldn't put any pressure on my knee. So, anyways. Yeah. Oh my. The, okay. So, that's the that's one just funny thing. But uh, the reason why. Okay. So the the I'll start here. There's this book called Revolutionary Road. Um, the one that was made by a guy. Movie? Yep. So it was a Leonardo DiCaprio movie later, Excellent movie. and it's very, it's yeah, it's so good. It's the the guy that wrote is named uh, Richard Yates, and he, it's this book that sort of chronicles like the, the beginning of what we know to be America now, which is like right after World War II and everything changed, and um, it's, it's actually a really great place to start with Tiki because, um, basically, Revolutionary Road is everyone having all of their dreams come true in real time. It was like the first time in history where everybody got everything that they wanted at once. Huh. So basically, everybody came home from war. From war, The economy boomed. Uh, the invention of the personal appliance happened. So like dishwashers and lawnmowers and, you know, the microwave and the television and radio and all this stuff happened. And so... Um, basically people like people used to spend hours and hours and hours a week, like just doing these menial tasks and those tasks went away. And so people had a lot of spare time and then suburbanization happened. So everybody moved out into the suburbs and bought these houses with, you know, grass and the American dream and everything, everybody got everything that they wanted at once. And then like right around, uh, yeah. So in sometime in the thirties there, uh, really, really this kind of starts to kick into gear hardcore, like in the fifties and stuff. But um, these GIs that had been at war who had like really intense PTSD from being in World War II in the South Pacific. Specifically, this relates to the people that were in the South Pacific. 
um, they uh, start to like there's this enormous like meaninglessness and in, in getting everything that you want at once mm. um, and people start these GI start fantasizing about going back to war so wow. they all start pretending like they they all like basically they're like we you know because they're like you know they start to romanticize their time at war in the South Pacific and fighting for their country and having this meaning and purpose and this uh, camaraderie with their you know with their fellow soldiers instead of like this sort of lonely isolation of the suburbs and like kind of um these menial daily tasks or whatever mm-hmm. and so they start to this is like a really interesting movement or thing that happens culturally in america in general it's actually like what um you know the beatniks come out of this which leads to hippies which leads to like everything that we know to be countercultural. so it's a really interesting time in american history in general and tiki is one of the first little things that we see bloom out of this like countercultural movement or this like um, basically dissatisfaction with modern life um, and getting everything that you wanted all at once. So basically these GIs started to fantasize about going back to war and these tiki bars started to pop up. The first one is called Don the, Don the Beachcomber, um, which is where I think that's where they invented the, the Mai Tai. And it's basically not real. Like it's not a real thing it's not Polynesian. It's not Hawaiian. It's not, um, you know, it's not Fijian or anything like that or Samoan. It's just like this amalgamation of all this, uh, fantasized idea of what the South Pacific is. Mm -hmm. So it's actually like deeply American. It's like totally, uh, appropriating the idea of sort of what they thought life would like be like to live on, on an Island in the South Pacific or whatever in like peacetime. And so the music that comes out of it's really interesting. There's this music called uh, Exotica that I love. Um, this this guy named Martin Denny started that and it's like weird jazz that has like birds in it and stuff but it's not it's not actually Polynesian it's not Hawaiian it's it's American and it's built out of this like incredible dissatisfaction with like post-war life and actually like PTSD and stuff and so I love it so much because it's this imagination that is like um sprouted out of basically people being dissatisfied with modernity and so I think that's why that's what that's why I like it so much because it's bas- it's just Disneyland it's imagination and it's like uh, it, anything can happen it's it's not real so that's what's cool about it I am fascinated I, I, I it makes so much more sense why I love it so much yes I mean I did my research mm-hmm. and and I read about that first tiki bar in California the Don Beach one mm-hmm. but yeah. I did not know the deep deep history about it and I I am fascinated that is incredible it is. I mean, I love Disneyland, so it's not surprising that I like tiki yes. culture. Yes. Um, yeah. I did. Did you do research on the guy that is Don the Beachcomber? Because I did. And no, I didn't do. Okay. Any so deeper. you may already know this, Tyson, that he's actually from Texas, and his mm-hmm. name was Ernest Raymond Beaumont Grant. Gant. No okay. R. Yeah. And he so he moved to Hollywood during the prohibition mm-hmm. and was a bootlegger and that's how he got into like the alcohol thing right. and then changed his name to don beach so that he could open <laughs> don the beachcomber I, yeah. I just thought that was so fascinating that it was like this guy from texas who just kind of like had gotten into the like moonshine essentially and then kind of created mm-hmm. this whole thing after going to the south pacific during the war right now i have a question yeah is this bar mm-hmm. still around not the original um, one. They've been, there's been a really weird, uh, I have a, actually, I'll share this with you guys, but I have a map of all the tiki bars and the original ones. Amazing. Um, 
that are that's really cool. I think the yeah. So you said the original one's gone. So there's I, been a few that there's been a big mix up in the past few years. Totally. Well, what I read was the original Don the Beachcomber was actually in Hollywood, kind of near Hollywood and Highland, mm-hmm. where like Chinese theater is and all the like yeah. stars and footprints for people who've been to Hollywood. But the Don the Beachcomber that like exists like with the signage is in Huntington Beach. But that was right, okay. um, but that was a franchise. Like somebody else opened it and asked if they could use the name Don the Beachcomber, but it's not the original location. So there's so there's this place that I think might have been the original Don the Be- Beachcomber. It's called the South Seas. Okay. I think that's the one you're talking about, which might have been like Don the Beachcomber South Seas or something. But okay. that place was crazy. They bulldozed it. Um and it's beautiful. There's actually a new tiki bar called the South Seas right next to where that one was that I haven't been to yet, but I want to go. And it's um, oh, it was this so cool. crazy jungle, yeah. Have you seen this one? We're I'm looking, just looking at, at it. pictures. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, the original South Seas, and it was pay what you want was the rule. Like you could just go and just pay whatever you wanted. So it was like this thing where, um, yeah, it's all it's all really into this like fake nostalgia of like some sort of utopia that is outside of what modern life is. But that the original South Seas is so cool. Okay, it's I, like I. The pictures of it are amazing. Yeah. So because you know this so well, one, I want to know some of your top, because you've been to a lot. What are your uh-huh. favorite Tiki locations? Because yep. some I feel like have created recreated it really well and some have not. And then mm-hmm. I would love to know a few so we can give our snackers some snacks, some of your favorite original drinks. Yes. I love it. Okay. This is great. Um, so I'm tr- so the, some of my favorites, so the original ones that are still around, there's Tell There's me one, what original oh yeah, means, because they're not all created by the same guy, right? They were just those ones no. that were made in the 50s. Is that what you mean by original? Yeah, the one because they actually almost all closed. Like it became very like it, the campiness of it was extremely out of vogue in even like as early as the 70s. But by the 90s, this, that was like this was like the lamest thing that in, in pop culture that anyone could think of. So most of them closed. Um, there was a whole bunch of them. And then some of the very first ones, like I think Don the Beachcomber might have just closed. I feel like um, I've heard of a few that have closed during the pandemic too. Like Lost Lake is mm-hmm. the one in Chicago that we were at when I had my air quote incident, yeah. mm-hmm. and it is closed recently. Oh, it did. It did close. Yeah. Interesting. So, I think they're pretty expensive to run because of um, the alcohol cost. I think that well, partly that, and also um, I think just the way that. Like there's so much like some of these I'm trying to the one that I'm thinking about like the Tonga room, which is in San Francisco, it has like a full on like swimming pool type situation. And there's like lots of water features Mm. and, um, you know, there's like fake stars and it's like it's it's the set. It's like set design. Yeah. So the the visuals of it are just as important as the I mean, arguably, that's the most important thing. Yeah, for sure. In a tiki Those bar. ones are my the, so, of my favorites when the right when it's the right experience that you walk into. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was looking up, because I know nothing besides a like the Paloma, really, or a Mai Tai <laughs> is the one thing I think of because it's my favorite. So I looked up what a typical tiki drink is, or let the definition. Uh-huh. And Tyson, you tell me if this is right. It said it's either a light light or dark rum flavored syrup, fruit juices, or other mixers. Yeah, it's extremely sugary. Like, it's very sweet. Sugar also, no surprise why this was my topic <laughs> that I brought to the snack show. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, yeah. so we're all on the same page. Great. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and there's there's like sort of like the the um there's like the really iconic original drinks like the the mai tai is obviously the most famous one. It's sort of funny because people think of a mai tai as being a Hawaiian drink, and there's like this famous thing that happens where people go to Hawaii and they order, mm-hmm. especially like after the mai tai was invented. Um, they would go to Hawaii and order Mai Tais and then nobody in Hawaii would know what they were talking about because it wasn't Hawaiian. Do you know all of the what's in a Mai Tai? I used to make them. I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay, read it to it. Also, it's... I just looked it up. It says white rum, fresh lime, orange, Caraco. I never say that right. Curacao? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Curacao. Curacao, Um, There is some dark rum as well and then a syrup or... O r g e a t. That's what the that's what the internet's telling me. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it checked all the boxes of our list. Yeah. There's some other things that are like pretty. Oh, classic. Um, uh, this ago. syrup is like an almond flavor. It says a nuanced almond syrup. Mm-hmm. There's a like bitters as part of it. Like the the mix mm-hmm. of rums is really important. There's this thing called falernum. Oh, I read um, about that in some of the recipes I was looking at. Is that what is? Yeah. It? It's like a liqueur. It's oh, liqueur. I. It's it's yeah. It's it's in a lot of tiki drinks. Uh, Flarenum is, and then like grenadine and uh, mm. Pernod. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And then they have like honey and sugar and lots of different juices, like orange juice and coconut. Uh, like there would be like, um, yeah. There's it's it's basically just like everything that you would think of as existing on a tropical island. Okay, snackers. In case you missed our recap on our last episode, we recently took a circle DNA test, and our results are in and it is so fun to read through so fascinating we went through our diet and nutrition results last week so this week we're going to share our sports and fitness reports jamie let's hear it okay so my workout routine is typically a little more high intensity like fast running high weights but it turns out that what works best for my genetics is a routine that focuses on low power high endurance and low strength so that's like triathlons, <gasps> distance running, and hiking. Yes. And I am not a runner. And so this is very fascinating on how I figure out how to do this. So I'm thinking hiking and trail running is going to be my new jam. That's a great idea. Um, by the way, Jamie, you also need to be careful because remember, it said you have a higher risk of Achilles tendon injury and exercise-associated muscle cramps. So let's watch. It's true. It's true. My calves are so bad. Meanwhile, I should be doing more medium power, medium endurance, and medium strength workouts. Listen to that trifecta of medium work. So that means basketball, football, table tennis, all the sports, which is hilarious because I didn't make any sports teams in high school. Um, But did I also mention that I'm gifted musically? Just putting that out there. Oh my gosh, it has nothing to do with sports (laughs) and or fitness. Okay, so if you want to learn about your fitness routine and what you should be following, join us in the Circle DNA journey. You can get your own Circle DNA premium for 33% off using the code SNACK on their website. The link is in the show notes and or in the bio on our Instagram. Okay, can you give us a couple more of the like? Yeah, give us the OG drinks. Yeah, so the so I'll tell you some of my favorites. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, the, I love the I love my ties. Obviously, They're, my favorite tea tea drink is called the Jungle Bird, which has mm. um, it has Campari in it, which is oh. like Campari is what's what's in a Negroni. Yeah, it's really kind of bitter. Um, I, that one's really good. Obviously, you, uh, there's one called the Painkiller, which is like coconutty. Oh, yeah, really I've nice. had that before. That's at Chopper. Um, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, totally. And then there's, of course, like the pina colada and um, were pina coladas invented from like tiki that. places? I don't, I don't associate a pina colada so much with like tiki, but it is. That's what it I feels like. Say. It's very much. Yeah. Um, there's one called the zombie that's really good. That one's like extremely boozy. But the two ones to like stay away from if you're like at all affected by alcohol is the zombie and there's one called the navy grog and the navy grog is like six drinks in one if you if you drink it you're like in bad bad shape yeah Mm -hmm. um depending on who makes it also a lot of these drinks are um it's a little bit like the coca-cola recipe situation where like every bar has their own twist on it and they won't tell you exactly what's in it because it's a secret interesting oh Mm -hmm. okay so tyson i'm a huge mezcal fan are there mm-hmm. any tiki drinks that use mezcal that you would recommend? That's a great question. So you asked about um, my favorite tiki bars. There's one. So uh, the answer is yes. There's there's a few that do. I think it's, historically mezcal wouldn't be sure. in a tiki drink because it's like smoky and sure. uh, you know tequila instead of rum or it's tequila family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's like where where I live here, a lot of Tiki originated in Southern California, and Southern California is right next to Mexico, and so there. I think because of that, a lot of these tiki drinks have popped up that have tequila and stuff in them. But um, historically, no. But I think there's a bunch of really great ones now. Love it. I have been to False Idol. Mm-hmm. That was the one I was going to bring up. Yeah, that one's great. Is yeah. False Idol the one where when you go to the bathroom, they read their one star reviews in the hallway? I don't. Yeah, in a really snarky that. voice. Yeah, is that is that that location? Yeah, it'll be okay. like, we came here because we saw it on a review and there was no ketchup. Are you kidding me? One star. <laughs> How did I Somebody, miss this? if you walk out, it's a hallway. It's like a bright hallway, and there's like banana leaf um, wallpaper, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. And you oh, in the overhead speaker, it's them, somebody reading their one star reviews. That is hilarious. I have to go back. I'm <laughs> yeah. going this summer, so I'll make sure to go for sure. It's fun. Yeah, I was going to say, so on the tiki bar side of things, Mm -hmm. there's like some rules that you're supposed to follow for it to be like really a kind of classic tiki bar. And a lot of it is is the music. So it has to be kind of this weird jazz infused like exotica music. Okay. Um, But I think there's only like 10 records of that. So I think people get really tired of listening to it. So like, for instance, False Idol is a new, it's sort of like a new tiki bar. It's It's in San Diego, just for those listening that don't know. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome, but it's uh, it they they like they'll do stuff where they play like Jimmy Buffett every once in a while, or like, um, you know, they'll bring out like something that still feels kind of Hawaiian, but it's not the actual proper music that you're supposed to play. So there's little things that people sort of twist around. But the according to this thing that I just read, the oldest one, um, still operating is in the Bay Area. So there's. Mm. Yeah, let's see here. I actually, I've been to this one. I forget. I'm is that not the Tonga on. Room? I don't think it's the Tonga Room. It is the Tonga Room. That's right. It's in San Francisco. And then there's also a couple others that are in that same vein. Yeah, the Tonga Room is the one that has like the big swimming pool in the middle of it or whatever. The big water so feature. cool. Yeah, it looks like there's a boat then, in the middle, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a covered thing. Yeah, so that's that one's the, the longest running one. And that one's okay. from 1945. And then the others are all like later. They're all like late 50s early 60s this one there's one called tiki tea in la that's really fun because it's like tiny okay it's it's like this tiny little room and it's 
it's like the house from up, you know, because around it, literally built around this tiny little hut, is the Scientology, the World Scientology headquarters. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's literally like they built the Scientology headquarters around this one of these original tiki bars. So that place is fun to go to because it's Wild. like it's like sheer walls on every side. That's the Scientology building, which is <laughs> just amazing. That's amazing. Um, Tyson, have yeah. you been to Nashville's, well, I'll do air quotes, Tiki Bars, because I don't know how official they are based on what you just shared, but like Chopper, Pearl Diver. Mm-hmm. I actually took I've been him... to them both. I think okay. I took Tyson to Pearl Diver okay. one time when he was in I think I, I think I went to, did I go to both of those with you, Jamie? I know I'm into Chopper. I don't remember if well. we, I know, I know we went to Pearl Diver. I don't know if we went to Chopper, but. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. right over down the street. They're by the same. Curious place. if you had a fave out of our Nashville ones that you would recommend people to go to. Chopper, Chopper has a bunch of robots or something in it, right? Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, I like. I liked. Okay, this is my thought on like kind of new wave tiki bars in general. Is that like my main thing? I'm not like going to be snobby about it at all. I just want to feel like when I walk in there, I want to feel like I was transported into someone's like really campy imagination. Sure. You know, I want yeah. to feel like you're trying to make me feel like I'm in a, you know, in in Gilligan's some, Island, uh, mm-hmm. tropical. Yeah, exactly. And and if someone's trying to do that, I don't really care like how you know official or whatever it is. And I felt like uh, Pearl Diver did that did that pretty good. They had yeah. really good. Yeah, they'll play like too. black and white film, like just the the screen of it, not the sound. Like old beach mm-hmm. movies up on the wall. Mm-hmm. It feels very kind of tropical. Also, you know what helps mm-hmm. is if you dress up. Oh, yes. Very tiki-like. We had a friend that had her birthday there, and so I dressed up as a cruise director. Well, it mm-hmm. was, what was, it wasn't the theme was tiki. It was something like, something else. It was like cruise, it was like cruising. Yeah, I dressed up like a senior citizen who was <laughs> headed out on a cruise for the week. It was a real good look. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we did have a lot of, like, Hawaiian shirts. We did, we did, we did. It was a good time. Um, okay, some other ones that feel authentic. Would you put three dots mm-hmm. in a dash in Chicago? in that list yeah okay. I, I think i always so there's a drink called the three dots and dash which is one of the kind of like uh you know canonical tiki drinks and i i think that the, the did we go to that one together Jamie, yes uh-huh. in chicago yeah that one i don't i don't know if it's officially like i think that might have been one that they moved over but that's a great bar that place is awesome it's like you go downstairs and oh a lot of these tiki bars too they'll have like fake secret entrances and um like yeah. sometimes you'll like go through a phone booth or something like that and then you'll oh, be it's like, like kind of yeah but like really campy version of speakeasy like, like you're supposed it. to like uh like even false idol you used to go through the like the refrigerator for that's the what i did is it not that way anymore yeah i think they might have like some health code issues oh. with that but <laughs> yeah um, you used to like dots... actually walk through it yeah three mm-hmm. dots in a dash you go in an alleyway behind the office buildings and there's like a tiki torch and that's your guiding mm-hmm. light to go into the door down yeah. into the basement into the bar very cool um yeah exactly for people who would like to try tiki and would like to do it in family style i can recommend trader sam's at disneyland hotel oh nice mm-hmm. it's like disneyland meets tiki because it feels like a tiki bar but you can bring your family in there and anyone can eat but it also has like the disney twist like up above the bar it looks like a giant ship in a bottle but at certain times the, the like a storm will come and the ship <gasps> will move so it's got like all the disney mm-hmm. bells and whistles yeah, the magic, magic. but it, it's it's got a lot of the original tiki drinks on the menu too 
Yeah. That's great. So that's a family, to... family one if you want to, you know, do an experience with everybody. Totally. There's a few other like ones you have to mention, like Trader Vic's. A lot of these are Bay Area ones. Trader Vic's is a Bay Area one. And Trader then... Vic's used to be in um, Southern California, too. I went to the one in um, Beverly Hills when I was in college. But it's like an OG, like, wasn't it in the 50s, too? I feel like it mm-hmm. was the one that partnered with the Hilton Hotels. Yeah, that sounds right. Some of these, like, I mean, they're, yeah, we could get really deep into it. But um, some of these are, like, really, really old. I don't even know if. I don't, I've actually never been to Trader Vic's. That's one that I, I should, oh, I would wow. be in trouble by the serious tiki people from missing. There's a tiki convention in San Diego. No, that's, um, there is. Yeah. It's a huge deal. It's like every year it's in this, it's in hotel circle and like people from all over the world come in and like, I mean, it's a huge subculture. Like, Have you ever been really, to it? Really into it. Um, I've, I've never like been to the actual convention, but I've been down there when it's happening and it's really fun. It's, I have a friend who builds like tiki lamps and little tiki gods and stuff. And he's the one that really got me into it. And I feel like I am a charlatan because there are people that this is like their whole life. Like they build tiki bars in their houses and they like dress up and they go to the convention and they only watch like old tiki movies and listen to exotic music. And it's like, it's a, it's a huge, it's like people that love Disney. It's a whole culture. Yeah. It's absolutely a culture. Yeah. It's a very real thing. Okay. I just looked up Trader Vic's because. I had never heard of it before. Um, excuse me, but it's it's a worldwide. Yeah, thing. I think because I think it is the one mm. that's partnered with Hilton Hotels. So I know there's one in London, and I think there's one in Tokyo. I mean, there's Where one else? in Dubai, Jordan, Oman, Germany, Thailand, Wow, England, wow. Japan, Qatar. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got I a think lot to choose. When from. it comes, yeah, I think when it comes to like how these bars changed and moved and stuff, I'm definitely out of my depth, but. Um, that's, that's awesome. The other thing I was going to say that's really fun about this is that it used to be that like you, there's these mugs, right? These ceramic, like your drinks will come in a ceramic mug. That's yeah. like shaped like a little tiki guy. And it used to be that, um, and still some places you can do this, but like all the tiki bars with different drinks, you would get to keep these mugs. And so it became like this collector thing where like, even now, like I think of vintage, like a vintage you know, Mai Tai from Don the Beachcomber, like, mug is probably, like, worth a lot of money. Like, it's a collector's item right. thing. That totally makes sense. I just think the 1950s were such a cool time. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. now that I say this, my grandfather owned two bars in L.A. in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Neither of them oh, were yeah. a tiki bar. But it was that whole culture. Like, one of his was um, all, like, plane, like, airplanes. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was just, like, such a, again, like, collector's cups and yeah. things like that. That is so cool. If I could travel back in time, I think it would be to the 1950s. I think so, too. It's a good spot. Okay, Tyson, I have a question for you. If we have a listener mm-hmm. that has never had a tiki drink before, has never been part of the tiki experience, what would you tell them to get for their first tiki drink experience? I think that the best thing to do would be to find a cool tiki bar and to talk to the bartender. Because okay. the, the tiki bar thing is, um, it's not like... At least it shouldn't be most of the time. It's not like this like kind of fast bar culture where it's like, just tell me what you need. It's sure. it's actually like people want to they want to like kind of talk to you about their drinks and stuff. Okay. And so probably like if you have a drink that you love, like that's actually how I found the jungle bird was that I like Negronis. And so I asked the bartender, I was like, Hey, what's something that's like a Negroni? She's like, Well, the jungle bird is a tiki drink with Campari in it, which kinda of has that like bitter thing and uh-huh. so I think I would just like bring whatever other normal world cocktails that you like. 
to the bartenders there and they'll be just thrilled to help oh you out. Gosh, that is great advice. I love it. Do you have any other tiki bars since you are a touring musician and you've been in so many places? Are there any that aren't on the West Coast besides Chicago that you would recommend? There's one. I have to actually look it up. Here it is. There's one in Tulsa, Oklahoma that we always go to. <laughs> it's called the, called the Saturn Room. Okay. And it's the, the like basically like the there's like three rooms that you would ever play in Tulsa. There's the Canes, and then there's the big theater, and then there's the little club, and they're like a little triangle. And then directly in the middle of the triangle is the Saturn Room. And so it doesn't matter like where you play in Tulsa, you always end up at the at the Saturn Room. We've actually like entered, we've finished a bunch of tours there, and that's like where you always celebrate. So that place is really, it's not like a super proper old school tea bar, but it's really fun, and the drinks are great. So that's like a, that's a place that we always went. That's amazing. Very cool. Well, Fal, as the non-tiki person, do you feel like you've learned a lot today? I've, I, the story alone of how tiki culture came about is so fascinating to me. I can't wait to tell everyone I know because I think it's just the coolest knowledge. So thank you so much for bringing that. I also think we need to take a trip to Pearl Diver. Okay, great. Chopper. Okay, great. Let's just do Slash, a... maybe we need to go to Tulsa and do the Saturn room. <laughs> yeah, maybe know. we do. Get a road yeah. trip. <laughs> I will say that historically, the best tiki bars by far are in Southern California okay. or in in the Bay Area, either in well, just LA along or the in... coast. They kind of it's the it's yeah. the Pacific Ocean. I get it. There's some good so ones in um. There's some good ones in Palm Springs too, actually. Okay, because uh, that's like a big mid-century thing. So they've yeah. got like a couple left there that are really tiki fun. bars and the Golden Girls. That just feels what all of Palm Springs is would be mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. right. Um, Tyson, if you wouldn't mind staying with us a couple minutes longer, because we're dying to know what your snack of the week is. <laughs> I love this. I love this podcast that you guys started so much. It just. Do you know like, that the snack of the week um, music is Jordy Searcy made it for us? Is it really? Yeah. Oh, he Jordy made a jingle. song? Yeah, I oh, said, yeah. hey, can you make me a jingle that says, and it's just like a guitar riff, and then him going, snack, snack, snack. <laughs> And There's I asked no him one about who's it, ever and been he better. said, I don't remember making, he made it in his van, he had a van that was outfitted with his studio, yeah. and he's like, I don't know, I'm, I don't remember yeah. what it is, I made it, but I'm happy you like it. <laughs> People love it. They no do. one has ever been better suited to make a snack theme song than Jordy. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, perfect. It's perfect. Okay, um, so as snacks, our guest, man, oh, that's a... what is mm-hmm. your snack of the week? Okay, so I have to confess something to you guys. Oh, gosh. Sure. Which is that I am, my band uh, is extremely snacky. I don't um, know that that's a confession, snacks. but okay. No, no, no. I've, I've, I've more to say though. Personally. And <laughs> this is personal. Oh, okay. And I have, I have become something of a snack terrorist because <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, this conversation is really taking a turn. Yeah, I know. Can you I, well, I'm what gonna a tell you that I like. Is. I'm gonna tell you that I like that I like snacks too in a second. But okay, this is okay. this is my legacy of snacks. Okay. And that's that because my specifically my keyboard player Matthew Wright, who is a delightful person, he is, uh, can confirm. Except that he kind of has he kind of has a, a like a nemesis relationship with with Jamie. But he that's has a, a nemesis story. relationship so, with no one except for me. So it's true. It's very weird. Um, but he will spend approximately twenty minutes in every single gas station picking his snacks out. <laughs> like I'm not. I've spent hours and hours and hours of my life waiting in the van for Matt to finish picking out his snack regimen uh-huh. and then and so and then everyone in my 
band like snacks. So, and I am like a meticulously orderly person, especially on tour, particularly on tour because it's chaos. Mm -hmm. And so my van just is constantly filling up with these snack wrappers and like various (laughs) snack detritus. And I get so mad and I'll just start screaming about people and their snacks and I'll throw all this. And I'll like, sometimes I'll like just go through and just throw everybody's snacks away. And then they'll be so mad at me. Like you threw all our snacks away. I can't be around all these wrappers and the crinkly wrapper snack noise. Have you tried so anyway, to, um, uh, maybe you did this, but I think having a snack bag where it's like all the snack trash goes in this one big compartment mm-hmm. in the van that you say, hey, you're allowed yeah. to have those snacks, but if that wrapper doesn't make it into the snack trash can, it's gone. You're going out with the trash too, my yeah. guy. I think I need to hire you guys as snack consultants before <laughs> our next tour. Just happy to. Yeah, happy the, to. Guys, listen, if you guys are going to continue with the snacking habits that you've developed. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll print out some I rules. We'll laminate it. Guidelines. And we'll put it up on the back <laughs> of the passenger front seat so that there's a okay. set of rules That's that you have perfect. to follow when yeah. you're in the van. We also include a That's link to our podcast. That's what we need. Yeah. You have to there listen to the podcast. There's a certain amount of hours you have yeah. to listen to our podcast in the van as well. But uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. like a win-win. That's great. I love it. Um, I really like Cheez-Its. Yes. I will like He came back around. <laughs> I, will... I thought we lost him, but he's back around. Um, o- back. OG Cheez-Its, extra toasty Cheez-Its, reduced fat Cheez-Its. Well, interesting you might mention that because Matt introduced me to the snack captain of my world. He introduced me to the extra toasty cheese thank you that's a that's a win for a team fallon thank you very much extra toasty you don't like those no i love you don't like those jamie oh no i just like reduced fat cheese it's better yeah in the higher oh really interesting like a diet like a diet coke situation well i just like the reduced fat ones because you don't get any of the weird cheesy residue on your finger they're a little drier and Mm -hmm. so that's just why i like them Mm -hmm. it's not the fat content that i'm here for it's just the experience it gives me sure and we've really learned that usually when it says reduced fat, it means higher sugar. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, Jamie's all in about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Cheez-Its. That's a great snack of the week. That is a great snack of the week. Um, Fal, what's your snack of the week? Mine's kind of different, but it's my <laughs> snack of the week. Mine is dried cranberries. Wow. Healthy.com oh, over here. Yeah. Dried cranberries, put them in the, that kale salad. Delicious. Eat them just by itself. Just a little snack. Pop them in also delicious i actually paired them with pistachios the other day i did like a little handful of pistachios a little handful of dried cranberries delicious so yeah that's my snack of the week i love that tyson what are your thoughts on cranberries are you pro like cranberries i'm pro cranberry i like berries in general like i like i think raspberries are one of my favorite foods so Ooh, i love raspberries that's a really good one i love that Mm-hmm. Jamie, what's your snack berry. of the week? Okay, my snack of the week, I can't remember if I've done this before, so here if we are. If you say water again, no. I swear. No, <laughs> I promise. My snack of the week is <laughs> Trader Joe's Protein Peanut Butter Granola. Yeah, I don't remember this. Good. Okay, great. I wasn't sure. I remember I told someone about it when I purchased it, but I didn't remember if what I told was the microphone and everyone's already heard. Sure. So it is, it's just like any other like kind of clusters of granola, but it's peanut butter and then all of the granola mixed in, but it also has pea protein in it. Ooh. So it's like a great snack, but you've also upped your protein intake for the day. Now, is it like the, the peanut butter part? Is it like um, it's it's sticking all the granola together because there's peanut butter or like little peanut butter chips? It's like a peanut butter powders mixed into the granola because it's not gooey oh, like okay. peanut butter. It okay. just tastes like peanut butter. Got so it's it. probably like not PB2, but it's probably something more of that vein where it's 
the peanut butter essence. Yep. But not the texture. Yep. I love it. I love it. Great snacks of the week. <clears throat> well, Tyson, Tyson thank, thank you. you so much. For those who have <laughs> never heard of Tyson before, you can go find his music on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. Mm-hmm. He has a new book out called Where the Waves Turn Back. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I said it very confidently, and then as it came out, I was having a d- – <laughs> am I having a seizure? Did I say that correctly? Does my I heard you starting to se- – I can sense you like really second guessing yourself about how to it. <laughs> I was so I can see the cover. I have it at my house, and as I said it, I was like, um, "Oh no!" Anything else? Tell us what's your band name that you've also just started. Oh yeah, it was, I started a band called Telephone Friends. Okay, so check out that. That's very fun. In. Yep. I think what sounds like a great night, Friday night, get a little Telephone Friends or Tyson on my Alexa mm-hmm. playing in the living room. I got a little tiki drink in my hand, and I'm reading my book. By Tyson. Honestly, if that's the world I've created for anyone, I've succeeded. Yes. <laughs> you you have. sure have. For you have sure created have. it. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you for being a snack professional when it comes to Tiki. Thank you for sharing all your knowledge. Yeah, you brought more knowledge than I think anyone's ever brought mm-hmm. to this pod before. That's so true. That's true. We appreciate you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to have all of these new snack-based fans. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone. Go be fan- fans of Tyson. He's the best. He is. <laughs>